Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hi, everyone, and welcome to Main Menu for the 22nd of April, 2016. I am your co-host, Jason Castanguay. First, we're going to continue with our conversation with Larry Scootcon. It's going to sort of wrap up the Braille talk, as well as some other things going on at APH. And then we're going to move on to mapping and navigation. Following that, you will hear from guests David Raystrick and Amanda Tolson from Envision America. First, we'll be talking about the new ID-Mate Galaxy, and then Amanda will take over and talk about Script Talk. Demos of both products are offered during this interview. Janine and I will be doing a fun little bit after the Envision America talk. Enjoy the show, everyone! Last week in our talk with Larry. Well, the um, Orbit Reader is the product of a pretty forward-thinking gentleman named of Kevin Carey from the Royal National Institute for the Blind and uh, a group that he put together consisting of uh, 10 blindness organizations around um, the world that um, agreed to do some funding for a project to dramatically reduce the cost of refreshable Braille by introducing a new technology. Short of it is, we don't know what the end price is going to be yet. We're thinking probably around $500. Um, But still, that is so significantly much less than most displays out there. In fact, all the displays out there. You all have another Braille device that APH is responsible for that is getting a makeover, and that is the Refresher Braille. Now, let's continue. Let me, let me just finish off talking about the year of Braille. <gasps> oh, yes. Um, we, have a, uh, we, we also have an app in the App Store called Visual Brailler. That's a free app that is made for transcribers. So you put it on your iPad, and you can type... Um, Braille lessons in it. It saves your files. You can email them. And uh, what a lot of people have been using this for is to get their um, literary certifications uh, for UEB from NLS. So you can send your homework in this way. And it does everything a Perkins Brailler does except emboss. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that is, again, called Visual Brailler. For more educational kinds of things, once again, everybody check out APH.org. There's just a wealth of information and and whatnot at that website. You have some interesting news to tell us about a program from APH that came out April the 8th that has to do with uh, education. And as we were talking about the Orbit Reader and what a difference that's going to make for kids, uh, tell us about this other program that's going to make a big difference for kids, I think. Well, APH and Freedom Scientific Freedom Scientific have released a um, Jaws slash Magic Student Edition subscription. So, for three hundred dollars a year, a student can register to use Jaws and Magic with uh, all the uh, tech support and upgrades for a year at a time. 
And then after the fourth year, the uh, rest of the upgrades and technical support are free until that student graduates from high school. And then once he graduates, he can take that JAWS uh, license with him and um, use it um, how he wants to. Now, after that, he'll have to pay for his own uh, software uh, maintenance agreements, which I think run about 120 every two years or so. But it's a really an interesting bargain and a good way to get. Uh, and here's the other thing: you can uh, install this. It's meant to be the student's software, so you can install it on up to three computers, uh, oh, wow. school and at home. Right there so, is uh, the bargain in that whole deal: is the installation on three machines. Absolutely. How can people learn more about that and uh, possibly get involved in that program? You can go to tech.aph.org slash JFW. Okay, great. See, I told you guys this site was going to be popular. (laughs) (laughs) There are all kinds of things. If you just go to the main uh, tech.aph.org page, you'll spend hours there just looking at all the different things that you can get into from that particular page. So, Or even better than that is just aph.org oh, without yeah. the tech in front of it. <laughs> uh, you can spend weeks there. <laughs> I was going to say, I go right to the catalog and it's over. So, <laughs> Now, you all have a new leader at APH now. Can you tell us a little bit about the new gentleman who is in charge there and, uh, and a little bit about his vision for technology in the future? Absolutely. So Craig Meter... He uh, comes to us from Washington State, a fairly young guy and uh, really interested in technology. I I think you're already seeing his influence with the JAWS Magic release and the free version of uh, Nearby Explorer Online. Uh, I think you'll be seeing a lot more, uh, a faster pace of technology coming out of there and some more innovative uh, things here even over the next few months and years. He's a really just downright nice guy. He was the state uh, vision consultant for um, Washington. Uh, I think he was the principal of the School for the Blind there for a while. Just a excellent uh, fellow to be working for. Talking about the future, you have been in technology for quite a while and have seen a lot of changes over the years. Did you ever think we'd be where we are right now in terms of technology? Absolutely. I just wish it hadn't taken so long to get here. (laughs) I could have avoided some of those scary times like, can we really use a touch screen? Oh, no. Oh, well, every every new thing that comes along, we're scared about. Remember when Windows came out? Yeah, I was just going to say Windows. Oh, my goodness. I remember that. It was going to be the death of all of us. And it it nearly was for a couple of (laughs) iterations of Windows there. But um, fortunately, things are getting a lot better, um, you know, in a perfect example, not, not that this is a, a critical application or anything, but when Apple came out with that watch last year that was accessible along with every other person buying that watch for the first time, that was an amazing piece of All history. All of us right spending there. ridiculous amounts of money, and now you have to pry it off my cold, dead wrist at this point. <laughs> I love my Apple watch. <laughs> and um, um, speaking of, you know, watches, did you get to see the new Braille watch at uh, CSUN? I did, yes. Uh, Dot, uh, D-O-T, Inc., a, Korea, a South Korean company, 
has a four-cell Braille watch. And, and we're not talking about a tactile watch like we used to wear and, and I wear still a lot of mm-hmm. times, where you pull up the crystal and look at the hands. Yeah. This is braille, four Braille cells that... Um, a dynamically refreshed braille watch, which I am just fascinated by. So, what does this braille feel like? I, I did get to feel it. it. It was a little low, but I think they they fully intend that they're going to bring it up uh, a little bit. And what you know, what's remarkable to me about this is that um, it actually is supposed to cost only around three hundred dollars. Wow! Mm. And uh, not only and. You know, I'm I'm not completely sure I've got all my facts straight here, but I believe I read where you can actually read your text messages four cells at a time uh, from your smartphone. That, that was what they were saying, and I'm 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 not sure that I want to go quite there. Um, but I love the silent time. Oh, I do too. And I and you know what? I'll try the four cells. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to dismiss too. it. <laughs> I was going to say for that price, I I certainly yeah, I can just see I'm going to have like a Braille watch on one hand and the the Apple Watch on the other hand. It's just going to be <laughs> just wrong, I think. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> oh, very wrong. So, what do you think we're where do you think we're going in terms of technology? What do we not have yet that? you know, we could really use in terms of blindness and things like that, accessing our world. You know, the the one area that it seems like we have not progressed as much as we should is in the whole tactile experience. We've got lots of neat things for our, our ears to enjoy, but, you know, there's still no good way to do um, interactive um on-demand tactile graphics or 3D representations. So we can print out 3D objects now, but to watch something in uh, a tactile graphic or 3D in real time is something that uh, I would have thought would have been here by now. And, and, you know, in in actuality, it is. I know KGS has uh, and has had for many years a display out and I don't remember exactly how many dots it had in it, but it was, you know, prohibitively expensive, like to the tune of, uh, I want to say, seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Wow. So I'm I'm really surprised that we hadn't seen more of that. Uh, I think we're we're starting to see some really interesting applications of artificial intelligence with the uh, the new stuff from Facebook with the image identification and the. Uh, I don't know if you've seen AI Polyvision. Oh, yes. Uh, it's in a fact, free did, app in the yeah, App Store. We did a demo I'd, of it right here on Main Menu. Okay, yeah. It's fascinating to see that, to see Third Eye, to see, I believe there's one for Android called Blind Tool. Yep, absolutely. And that's one I have not played with. Ooh, see, Jason, you're going to have to see if mm-hmm. you can get that in the Google Play Store now. <laughs> uh-huh, yes, indeed. Yeah. See, Jason is our guinea pig now for all these things. <laughs> <laughs> all things Android, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I am really amazed at, at how the artificial intelligence is growing and and how much... You know, and some of us who are, you know, jaded and whatnot say, yeah, well, accessibility. Yeah, companies are just doing this for good PR. But I think it, thank you, Apple, it's just become built into things. Now look at Android. Now look at, you know, um, Twitter, if we can get folks to put accessible images in, you know, and write those all 
tags and then watch the artificial intelligence for Facebook grow and see where it is a year from now. Yeah, I think you'll be surprised how fast it'll grow. I know when I use AI Polyvision, I, I kind of laugh because it reminds me of asking a two-year-old what something is. You know, <laughs> it, it could be right. <laughs> it yes, could be it, something that just looks like this. it. Put it on the fun <laughs> setting and watch the fun begin. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. just really, really funny. Now, what I was thinking of, though, a really practical use for that is when you go into a hotel room, you know, if you travel a lot, you go into a lot of hotel rooms, they're all laid out differently. And I, I always get a new collection of bruises, you know, <laughs> running into the, the TV or, you know, something that I didn't expect was there. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, running AI Poly around the room this summer at convention just to, okay, where is all this stuff at? So I don't have to explore it with, you know, my knee or the side of my face or anything. <laughs> I've used it uh, outside to find a building and even a door to a building. Oh, it's wow. it's really pretty amazing what it can do if you just play with it enough. And, I know I was going to in, you know, in some And I settings? think that's what we're going to I think yeah. what you're going to see over the next few years is now instead of asking a 2-year-old you'll be asking a 5-year-old mm-hmm. and a 10-year-old and a you know relatively quickly and What's amazing to me about AI Polyvision and those kind of things is they are actually running on your device. You don't even need an internet mm-hmm. connection. It's all the power of your um, of your handset. Absolutely amazing. Well, let's go into our final hot area that I think everybody would love to see some practical system for, and that's indoor navigation. Um, we have our wonderful GPS products for just about every device we've got. But how about indoor navigation? What do you see in the future of that particular technology? You know, um, beacons are where it's at, and, and I am the last person I would expect to say that because when we first started looking into indoor navigation, my position was, no, we don't want to make everybody put beacons in. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the GPS signals will penetrate soon, and I think they will. They're just not coming soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. Beacons is where it's at for the next few years. Uh, I'm really hoping that APH and the other vendors, uh, Click and Go and Seeing Eye GPS and uh, Blind Square, can all get together and agree on some common ways to do this. Um, we're going to try to set up uh, some sort of conference. I don't know if it'll be um, you know just an informal thing or what, but. I really uh, want to find a way that we don't have to outfit a building four different times. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we set up uh, buildings in Louisville and you come over here with Blind Square, I, I want them to work or, or with any of the apps. If anyone is interested in partici- uh, participating in that, send me an email at uh, technology at aph.org and uh, we'll try to get... Um, Hopefully, something going within the next few months on that. It reminds me of the days when we were trying to set up the language and all of the um, standards for the accessible pedestrian signals. You know, if they were going to talk, what was going to be the message, and how were they going to be standardized and then put into the accessibility rules and things. So I have yet to see a good deployment of, say, the Apple beacons. We did experience a little bit of that last year at convention with the the, uh, system that was there, the Lovis Guide. 
and um, mm-hmm. that he will be back this year in Minneapolis, the gentleman, and we will have him here on Main Menu to talk a little bit about that particular system and what to expect and how it works and everything. And I believe that's a different kind of beacon than uh, than the Apple, um, the iBeacons. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he might be using the Eddie Stones. I'm not actually sure about that. I did get to see that, too, mm-hmm. at the uh, BVA here in Louisville. Oh, yes, was, uh, that's right. Neat. They did have it there. And uh, I think those are the ones. That the big joke was, yeah, it only works on iOS, but in order to set it up, he had to map it out on an Android phone. So. <laughs> and that was a what kind sig- of world do we live in? Exactly. That was a significant <laughs> amount of work, too, for this gentleman having to map out the location. So hopefully we'll get to a point where, you know, that's not as necessary. We're finding out, uh, yeah, we, you know, when we had originally estimated this, we were thinking, you know, an hour per beacon to set them up. And boy, that was a gross underestimate. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it'll get better <laughs> with some tool development and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, we don't need to be doing it four or five times for each venue, that's for sure. <laughs> How would you, you gave us your email address. Where else can people find you? Are you out there on social media or can we, uh, where would, how would we follow APH on social media? Might be a better question. Yeah, if you go to the uh, bottom of the APH.org um, webpage, there's links for Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus, um, probably a few others too. Oh my goodness. We are, we are all over it. And folks, if you have comments or questions for Larry, you can email him at technology at APH.org. And again, take a look at the APH.org website, and in particular, the tech.APH.org website. Well, thank you so much, Larry, for being on Main Menu with us. Thanks, Jason. And uh, yes, This has been a pleasure. Absolutely. Yep, same here. And we will talk again because I want to know about some of those things he couldn't talk about. So, <laughs> And uh, we will yep. probably be visiting you again as we get closer and as the Orbit Reader launches and we get them in our hands. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And this has been Janine Stanley for Main Menu. Now we bring you to our conversation with Envision America with guests David Raystrick and Amanda Tolson. Are talking today with Dave Raystrick and Amanda Tolson from Envision America with a couple of devices that are integral to the independence of blind and visually impaired people. I know I certainly could not get along without my ID mate. So we're going to be talking today about the newest version of the ID mate. And joining me is a lucky, lucky man, Mr. Jason Castanguay. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Hello, Janine. <laughs> Tell everyone why you're lucky. <laughs> oh, I will do so very happily. I got a ship notice from Envision America today. It's telling me that my ID mate Galaxy will be arriving tomorrow. Yay! So, Dave, tell us a little bit about the Galaxy. This is a whole redesign of the ID Mate, correct? Yes, it is. It's actually a kind of a reimagination of of the way the scanner really should operate. In in previous incarnations of this of the barcode scanner, we always had the barcode scanning uh, happen facing downward facing or or at the end of the device. Now it's kind of more of an ergonomic feel where the, the scanner actually points kind of more at a right angle to the hand 
it's just a much easier handhold handheld uh, type of operation when you're scanning items. So um, it it definitely is feels better in the hands. It's easier to hit buttons. It's just a, a, a much improved way of using ID. Now, are there uh, still the standard buttons that we've become familiar with on the IDMate? With the IDMate Quest, yeah, it's, there's the, the same same button configurations. The power button's in a little bit different area, The uh, but the mode button is the same. Next and previous, we have a select button. And then you've got record and erase. Those are the main buttons. And then down at the end of the device, at the kind of the... The, the back end of the handle, we have the volume thumb wheel. So it's really handy to be right there, too. On the sides, uh, we have similar. We have the access to the memory card. We have an audio jack and a USB port. And that's another nice little change. We're using USB charging now so that you can use it. You can charge it with a PC but you can also charge it with an adapter. In addition, if you wanted extra battery life, you could, uh, you know, pop it onto one of those uh, kind of spare battery power. Oh, fantastic. Uh, nice. Yeah, so if you ever run out of battery, you can just put it onto one of those battery chargers, and then you're off and running again uh, while, it's, while it's charging and while you're using it. You've also kind of done a, a remake of the software end of this device. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What has changed in the software realm for the ID Mate? Well, pretty well the software allows for a lot of the same things that we had with the Quest. Uh, the Quest has the ability now uh, to do, we've added a, a little bit of a kind of a social thing uh, to sharing barcodes where you can share a barcode with everybody else. So when you scan something and you add it in, if you've got it enabled, you can share your recordings with uh, with us, and then we'll essentially add it to the database. So when there's anything at all that you want other folks to, to, to have in the future, you can you know, hold the record button and then upload that to our server, and then we add it to the database. In addition, what we have is our ability to, when you're online, when you're on Wi-Fi, you have that same ability to scan a barcode and it searches. If you can't find it on board, which it's a big database still, <laughs> it's 3.7 million oh items, Wow! but it still has a ton more, millions more online if it can't find it locally. So we, wow. we really take good good pride in the fact that we're we're formatting data for users we're making this data in nice uh, uh, availability in terms of you not only have the product information maybe the size but you also in many cases you'll have instructions and cooking instructions in, in some cases like this those algorithms that we use to, to search online is are new to the to the galaxy. So we not only do a one step, meaning we search our database, but we also do two steps and we search online for the barcode if we can't find it locally. Oh, that does have to be through a Wi-Fi connection, right? Right, uh, right. So you've yeah. got to have Wi-Fi enabled and, and going in order to do that. And so what we've got is uh, with this one versus the Quest, we have a patch antenna all the way at the end of the device, which 
really just improves that Wi-Fi reception. Oh, good. That um, was one of the things I had. I loved the Wi-Fi connectivity in the Quest, but I had a lot of trouble with my Wi-Fi system and some others getting it set up So, and getting it to uh, actually recognize the Wi-Fi. So that's a great – that was something we didn't hear about in all the CSUN interviews. So, oh, yeah. So can you show us a little bit from where you are, and hopefully we'll be able to pick it up about how fast this thing is, because when you booted it up, I was shocked how fast that thing boots up. Well, yeah, the, the boot up process, we've, we've shaved some seconds off of the boot up process. It doesn't uh, have to initialize the scanner. The scanner is ready to go. Oh, um, it still has a longer boot up time than, than some, like, some folks might like, meaning the Summit really set the bar for oh, that. Yeah. The Summit used a microprocessor, and the, that microprocessor was immediate boot up but the downside and we tried to get uh the design team to try and figure out how it is that we can put wi-fi with that summit microprocessor but it was just impossible so both with the quest and with the galaxy we still have an operating system that we have to boot up so it still takes you know a good 20 25 seconds to boot up but once it's up you can keep the device on if you just plug it in and you walk away from it. Do you have some items you can scan for us? Show us how quickly sure. that process can go? Sure. What's most important about speed with the Galaxy is the scanner that we've included with this one. This scanner is by far the best barcode scanner we've ever used. It's the most aggressive. It'll find products the quickest. It's got a, a really, really large, wide scan pattern. which means that it's covering more of the area of the product at any one time in the Summit and the Quest. So the Galaxy just has that wider scan window. So I'm going to go ahead and wake it up here. ID mode. Okay. Oh, it wakes up faster. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that just turned on the barcode scanner. So now I have a can in front of me, and you'll recognize what it is. Product Campbell's Chicken Noodle Condensed Soup. Okay. So. Package size 10.75 ounce. Instructions. Mix soup plus one can water. Microwave. Feed. Covered. In microwavable bowl on high two one half to three minutes. Careful. Leave in microwave one minute. Then stir. Stove. Feed. Stirring occasionally. Promptly refrigerate unused soup in separate container. Steel. Please recycle where facilities available. One, lift tab to rim two. Pull back slowly. So ingredients: wow. chicken stock, enriched egg noodles, wheat mm-hmm. flour, paused. Okay, so I pause there, and uh, you know I can um, essentially, you know, just wait if I if I want to read something, or I can use the next and previous buttons to move through that information to get to where I want to be, uh-huh. or to repeat something. Uh, that I that I wanted. Just like with um, with Summit, wherever I pause now, I can actually review word by word where I am. So I'm going to go ahead and hit play again and uh, unpaused. Folic acid, chicken meat. So product Campbell's chicken noodle condensed soup. So now I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and hit the down arrow. Package size ten dots. Instructions. So Mix soup plus one can water. Paused. So let's say that I missed something there. So water can one. 
So now, I mean, I can go through the instructions and start wherever I want. One can water. Microwave oh, wow. covered in microwavable bowl on high two, one half to three minutes. So again, I can move through that information and, and repeat pieces of information as I need to. Oh, wow. Now, kind of refresh me on how do you pause it? Oh, you pause using the, the, the select button or the OK button. Gotcha. Right in the center. Okay. So I'll go ahead and unpause and we'll listen to some more Unpaused. here. Then one minute, then stir, stove, feed, stirring occasionally. So just pause. generally speaking, all that information is going to be spoken and it's giving you information on microwave. It's giving you information on stove. So, you know, again, you might want to review that information and get to where you want. But the most important thing, again, is that scanner capability. You still have the ability to record your own messages associated with any of these barcodes. So if there's, um, with this chicken noodle soup, if there's a particular recipe that you like with the chicken noodle soup, you can hold the record button and, and record your own information for that product. And a lot of folks will like to, like to even include what they bought it for at that uh, the last time they purchased it uh, so they can hold the record button and, and do that. Now, do you still sell the barcode labels that you can affix to things yourself and create your own label for? We do, you know, so it still comes with uh, the, the, the barcode labels, the several styles. You know, we've got the, the stick-on barcode labels. You know, you can stick those onto any uh, item, like a file folder, for example, or a box, just to kind of describe the contents of that. And really, your imagination is your only limit with regard to what you might put those on. So you might put uh, a barcode on uh, the, your laptop, for example, and if you wanted to include any kind of warranty information about that laptop, it's kind of asset tracking, if you will. You know, oh, So wow. you can, you can <laughs> hold that record button and say, hey, I bought it at uh, uh, Best Buy. The warranty is going to be up in... Um, December of 2017, just by scanning the barcode. So, you know, those adhesive labels are really, really handy for that. In addition, you know, we've got the ones, the barcodes on rubber bands. Those are really handy in their own right to, frozen to put on. <laughs> right? Frozen food is a really good way to, uh, because, you're, you know, you're going to take them off when you're done and you can um, put them in a drawer and reuse them. So that's kind of the reusable aspect of those. And then we've got those same iron-on barcodes that, you know, you can iron on to close and hold the record button and, you know, say this is my light blue short sleeve shirt and wash and gentle cycle, do not tumble dry or whatever details that you wanted if, uh, if you wanted to dry clean only or whatever it would be. So just, um, just ways that you can label the world in your own voice uh, is still all there. You've got this huge database, and and now with this barcode scanner, with this with this great kind of right angle uh, ergonomic case, uh, it just feels good in the hands. Uh, we're real happy with with the way that it uh, it feels in the hand, and it feels scanning barcodes. Can you tell us a little bit about people using these at work? Because does it still have the inventory mode and all those kind of power user things? <coughs> It does. It does. And a lot of folks use inventory outside of work, too. But uh, inventory mode just allows you to scan a barcode and it'll speak the item. And then you can add a quantity associated with that. 
So if I had an inventory, um, let's just say, you know, three of these cans of chicken noodle soup, I would just hit that next button three times up and then hit record. And then we're, you've recorded that for the future. It does create something called inventory uh, dot dat on the, or dot text on the, um, on the card. And uh, you can get to that. So you know exactly what that item is and, and how many. So for work purposes, you know, folks will use this a lot for the BEP program, Randolph Shepard program, or for vending stands and, and other ways that they uh, need to both get identification and actual inventory of an item that they have in, 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 store, in their stores. Which I think is just amazing because this thing has really, you know, opened up some of those tasks that maybe we would have had to have had a sighted person there before to actually do. And uh, so that's that in, of, in and of itself is pretty exciting. Right, exactly. The BEP program, it's all about um, how much you can do for yourself and how much you have to pay others to, to assist. And if you can keep some of those dollars locally uh, in your own pocket, that's, I think, the key. What all comes when we get the Galaxy? What comes in the package? So you got the device itself, and it comes uh, with a lanyard strap. And that's just an over-the-neck lanyard, so you can keep hands-free when you are kind of working with it and, and hanging out. And again, with the right-angle kind of design, you're actually scanning outwardly rather than downward. And it's just a little easier to scan items uh, that you have in your hands. So, so you've got the device, you've got this lanyard, you've got a carrying case that it all goes in. You've got the USB charger that goes inside that carrying case. And you got all your, your your stock of barcode labels that come with it. In addition, you have a CD user's guide, which you pop into a CD. It'll give you all the, the details on how to use it. Uh, there's a print user's guide also that's available that kind of is more of a quick start guide, just to, talks about the buttons but um, and that sort of thing. But the CD user's guide is probably the best way to orient to the device to kind of get a flavor for where the buttons are located, where's power, starting up, doing your first scans, all those things. Other than that, we've tried to make it really, really simple out of the box just to mess with and, and get used to. Um, so if you can uh, you know, get the device turned on once it's on, you should be able to move through the find the mode button, move through the different modes of operation. This, this device is kind of a back to basics. It's a great barcode scanner. We've we've in the past we've had other kind of modes like Skype mode, which was very short lived, but it uh, it was it was neat, but it was short lived, and uh, Microsoft took it away. Mm. We also had issues with our currency identification. There are other ways to do that. We're backing away from that, and we're just making a great barcode scanner with the best with the best scanner possible. So. Well, I know many of us are looking forward to getting our hands on it. And uh, speaking of, many of us are going to be updating. What? Let's talk pricing. So how much is this out of the box? What are our pricing options in terms of buying it new or uh, trading up? So for a new device, it's $1,299. And we do have a no interest uh, payment program. And that's kind of neat. And in addition with the Quest, if you have a Quest and you want to trade in, 
it's 860 so you get about 430 bucks off of the old device or the quest to to bump up into the galaxy i don't know how many companies are doing it but um we find that that offering the the no interest payment plan is uh definitely the best way for folks to try it out and get get going with it and when you have the opportunity to make payments it just makes your life a lot easier than coming up with that big big amount all at once jason do you have any questions about your your impending uh technology here one of the things you were talking about how there's a two-step process where it will first scan your database and then if nothing is found it'll scan other sources is the user aware when that happens well i definitely aware when so you have to be connected to wi-fi so once you're on your own wi-fi uh then after it searches the database then you'll hear um a small tick. It's it, you, you'll know it when you hear it. You'll hear the, a little tick that indicates that it's actually searching the first database. And then you'll it's it's a lot of times immediate if it doesn't get anything. You'll hear a second tick if it's if it's checking our other sources online. So these okay. this double tick now uh, is indicates that it's going to two sources. And we're going to continue to kind of look at ways that we can add even additional sources like even Amazon and other things. So we've got other things in the the works with regard to utilizing uh, online sources like Amazon to provide information on availability and even pricing. We haven't had pricing on the device uh, since, well, Google pricing had... uh, a short time for a short time, uh, we were able to grab pricing data, but uh, we uh, really didn't find it was very accurate. Yeah. So when we early on said we've got to take that out and wait until we get some really good pricing, so we're we're working on all those data sources because you, know, you might guess the the device is a means to the end, and and the ends is the getting that information. It's the information that, that's required. The device is only just a way to get it. That data is really what we pride ourselves on, getting accurate information, getting getting full product information, full label information is really what this product is about. It's identification and information about mm-hmm. really anything to touch. So it's actually the sixth generation we started with the IDMate one and went on to IDMate two, and then Omni, then Summit, and Quest, and now it's Galaxy. So wow. we're continuing to expand our horizons with <laughs> with new and better products, new and better information. And one of the things I think is great too is not only are you uh, looking for ways to to add other sources, but you're you're sort of creating the community, so to speak, of people being allowed to share the information that they've added. That's really, really important. And we're going to go to more of that and more immediacy because right now when you do upload a barcode to be shared, it's not immediate gratification. And so within the next three months or so, we're going to have another software update that is going to allow for more immediate information to be available to all users. So right now, what you do is you upload that 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 wave file or that voice file to us and we key it in and so and we key it in and put it into the database so folks might it might be uh, you know a couple months before it really gets out to the general population mm-hmm. but 
we're working hard on making sure that that information is going to be available more immediately. So that's that's another feature, kind of uh, exclusive feature that we'll have coming soon. This is all done via Wi-Fi now, right? Right. Yeah, everything's, everything's Wi-Fi and everything's kind of uh, moving to the cloud. We want to keep some data or uh, the, the bulk of the data really on the device. So you don't have to be connected to Wi-Fi to really use it. But in the long run, more and more things are connected, more and more things are in the cloud. And we're moving that direction to when it's practical to do that. I had a question here, and this comes from my husband. He asked if you ever have instances where two barcodes are used for the same thing, maybe a private label brand and then something else. Does that ever happen? It, it's pretty rare that it ever happens. Their private labels do have, uh, there is a, a set of numbers, a barcode that are kind of reserved for, for any local needs. We avoid that set of barcodes. Uh, that range of barcodes that stores can use for their own brands. Most of the time, they're using a valid UPC, which is outside of that range and is uh, accessible to to everyone. So it's pretty rare. It's not going to be in the database. You might be able to record your own information for that item, which would be valid for what you have in your hand, but it might not be valid across the country and someone else's. So we, again, avoid that set of numbers, and we instead focus on the UPCs and EANs that are, uh, you know, really national brands and or regional brands for, for the whole country and for the world, really. We've got, we've got several databases. We've got Australian databases and European databases, Canadian databases, U.S. database. Let's say I'm going to trade in my Quest, which I will. What is the process that I need to go through prior to turning my Quest back into you? Really, uh, it's just a, a matter of you can do one of two things when you order. You can take your own recordings. Uh, so it's really all about getting the card ready for you to send it to us mm-hmm. and getting the getting those WAV files that maybe if you do have your clothing or your or your uh, your personal barcodes in your in your Quest, you need to just store those out onto your own PC or your own Mac. And then when you do get this one, plug it in and get all that information. It's in the same uh, file structure on the card. So again, it's USB and it turns your device into a disk drive, shows all the files and and really all those waves are, are, are all those recordings are found on the card in the barcodes directory. So you can literally copy your barcodes directory from Quest over to your barcodes directory in the galaxy. Just and we'll do that for you. If, if really, if you don't want to do that and you send it in and you tell us that you want uh, during your trade-in, you want to copy that information over, we'll be happy to, to copy all your records over and make sure your all your Quest records are, are brought right over to your galaxy. If people have questions or would need some more information or are ready to buy, how can they get in touch with you? You can always call us. Give us a call at 1-800-890-1180. And that's, that's a good way to get us. If you need to uh, kind of... If you want to do some research, go to the website. That's the best way to do that. And that's envisionamerica.com. It's E N 
visionamerica, all one word, dot com. And so on there, if they want to go to the galaxy or they want to look at... Entering uh, deep sleep mode in five minutes. There we go. <laughs> the, the galaxy uh, information is on the IDMate uh, pages. So just go to the IDMate page and then you can get full detail information on there. You can buy it online. We have it available online mm-hmm. too. Well, now we're going to talk about another product that addresses another need that we all have, and it's that need to identify and know how to take our medications that we all have these days. And Amanda is going to tell us a little bit about the Script Talk device. Thanks, guys, for having me on today. So Script Talk is one of my favorite things to discuss (laughs) because that's primarily what I work on here at Envision. Um, I actually work with the large retail chains in getting them to implement the talking prescription service for everybody. So Envision America has come a really long way from where we started with Script Talk and the availability to people. And we've got two major chains, Rite Aid and Walmart, that offer it at all of their locations. So that has really opened up different options and places for people to go. We've also added some national chains, uh, not national, I shouldn't say, I'm sorry, some regional chains. And so that's opened up a lot of options for people in those areas. One of those newer ones that we just got going was Winn-Dixie, Harvey's, and Bilo. So um, all of those locations now offer Script Talk, which is really exciting. We do have a chain in Texas that just started uh, working with the program, and that's HEB. So they're now offering Script Talk as well. But the nice thing about Script Talk is it's free to the user. There's no cost for the person who's using it. And that is another reason why it's my favorite thing to discuss, right? Because everybody likes that word. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to talk about. And really what we do here at Envision America is we put that script talk on loan to the user. So as long as they continue to use the service with a pharmacy, they keep it. Um, Only would they return it if they stop using the service. And then they would get that back to us at Envision America. And we take care of all that return shipping. There's never a cost associated with that either. And... Because we have more options nowadays, it is a little easier when someone moves from one pharmacy to another, then we can just help them get set up with that new pharmacy. So we can just make sure that that service continues for them. Our CSRs here are really hands-on. So when you call in, you're going to get that service. They're going to do whatever it takes to help find a solution and a place for you to go. I always recommend that people give us a call and our team here will help them out and let them know what's available and, you know, really work with them and the different pharmacies to help them get set up. For retail options, I mean, we really have come a long way. And so things are available now that haven't been before. Now on a mail order side, a lot of people are restricted to getting medications through a mail order based on their insurance. Mm -hmm. Not only are you restricted to using mail order, but they also, your insurance company will dictate who that pharmacy is you have to use. Yes. (laughs) And the good news about that is um, almost all the major mail order companies offer script talk. Oh, wow. So it'll be rare that yours won't. So uh, express scripts, Humana, OptumRx, Caremark, 
Um, all of those are currently offering script talks. So it's going to be rare that you're going to come across one that doesn't have it. For example, my husband uses Express Scripts. How would he get a script talk? So you would call us at Envision America at the 800 number, which is 1-800-890-1180. And you would talk to one of our customer service staff and let them know that you're an Express Scripts user and that you want to get set up with Express Scripts for script, stop, for script talk. And they'll take it from there. They'll get all of your information and then they'll ship you that script talk through Free Matter for the Blind. And we reach out to Express Scripts, give them your information and make sure that they appropriately mark your file so that when you fill again, those medications will have that script talk label on them. Oh, that's fantastic. We've made it really easy for the end user. Keep in mind for the listeners that not every Walmart location you walk into is already going to have script talk. Walmart implemented a policy. What they do is they put it in based on request. So as long as there's a patient that's using that pharmacy and they request that service, Walmart puts it into that location for them. You know, it's a very large company um, and so is Rite Aid. So if a user goes in and talks to their pharmacist or their pharmacy manager and they're not aware of the program, don't get discouraged. Give us a call. We'll give them, you know, your pharmacy a call and we'll point them in the right direction on where they can get their information internally and help get that set up really quick for you. Oh, great. Great. And can you give us any advice on what if our pharmacy chain is not part of one of these? I'll give you an example. Mine is Kroger and uh, they're regional, you know, similar to the grocery stores that you've mentioned already. What can I do to convince I've I am believe me I've got a letter drafted to the corporate management saying please oh please oh please (laughs) that is that is a great way in in advocating for yourself and pushing information to the corporate level that you want it and what store location you'd want it at but also it's always important that you contact Envision America we keep a database of that information so when I have meetings with the corporate contacts at these chains, I can accurately say I have X amount of patients that have called us and are requesting this service with you. Numbers speak. Mm -hmm. So the more people that we have that are saying they want a particular chain, when I start working with that chain, I can justify, well, you know, you have just me. That's just people who've called us. Mm-hmm. I know X amount of people who need this that are using your chain currently. And and that really makes a big difference. So it's very important that people contact us, even if they're not willing to switch and use another pharmacy. It's important that they call us, we put them in our database, and we mark them appropriately for which pharmacy they do want. Gotcha. Great. And I don't know if you have a script talk there with you that you can kind of show us exactly what are we getting here. Oh, great. I do. I do. So, um, you know, Walmart, or script talks are a pretty simple device. We have over 25,000 people using it today. So it's tried and true. Um, people feel very comfortable with it. It has three raised buttons on the top of the unit. And then that wheel on off switch that you were used to in like the summit mm-hmm. um, or on your volume, um, that's the type of wheel that we use for the on off and the volume for the script talk. So I'm just going to go ahead and turn it on. Okay. 
Script talk station ready. So it gives you that beep sequence. It announces that it's ready and gives you the final beep sequence. And that means that it's ready to be presented a medication. So you would take your medication and it has a special label on it. You'd set it right on the device and then you would hit the center read button that has a dot on it. Patient, John J. Smith medication, amoxicillin, 250 milligrams. Instructions, take one capsule three times daily. Quantity, 90. Prescription date, July 29th, 2014. I'm gonna pause it there because, you know, the first time you get a medication, you will want to listen to the entire label and hear it and, and learn everything about that medication. But let's be honest, when we pick up our medication every day to take, we just want to know what it is or we want to know how to take it or if we're calling into the pharmacy to reorder, we just want that prescription number. And that's where the other two buttons on the device come into play. It's a next and previous button. Those buttons take you up and down through the information of that label so you can get to just what you want to hear and get the information you need. I waited too long, so let's scan it again. Patient. Medication. Medication. Instructions. Quantity. Prescription date. Use by. Refills remaining. Prescriber. Scriptability. To reorder this prescription. Dial area code three zero nine five 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 one two one two, and then it stops. So I just wanted my pharmacy phone number so I could call them. Wow, and I know that a lot of our audience have used Script Talk in the past, and we're going to have one of our main menu folks do a, a demo of Script Talk with some some of his information and some things that he has to say about it, which I think is wonderful. I want one now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, we're going to have to get you broke set up. There we go. I was going to say, the important thing to remember, though, is this is not going to work unless your pharmacy has the capability to make those special labels. Is that correct? That is correct. So they put on a special label that has a microchip embedded in it, and that microchip stores all the text data of your label. And when I say all of it, I mean all of it. You're getting warnings. You're getting everything about that prescription drug that's on that label. All of the other tons of paper that you usually get with them that you can never yeah. decipher. So, so that's a lot of information on those. So what we did for that is it's going to provide your script talk will provide you with a phone number and a four digit code. You call the number, you enter your code, and then those sheets of information are all provided to you in an audible format. So you have some options with that, too. This has been a fantastic discussion today, Dave and Amanda. We really appreciate you coming on Main Menu and kind of filling in some of the details. CSUN gives us a, a little glimpse of what's coming. Now, I am assuming the Galaxy will be available this summer at the National Convention. Yes, it will. It, it's going to be available, and we're, we're really excited about it, and um, we'll have some uh, fun games and stuff to do. So come by the booth, uh, both ACB and NFB, and try your hand at scanning. And See, they have great. the most fun games, Jason. I don't know if you, you uh, did the, the one where they had all the bugs, and you scanned all of these bugs to find out, you know, which, which was the, uh, the dung beetle or whatever it was. It was great. <laughs> I mean, it was just so much yes. fun. 
bucket of bugs. That was great. And you got a, a yeah. giant snack pack bag. It was awesome. That was my convention right. food. The, <laughs> the snack packs, the snack packs aren't available uh, this year at the uh, can, at the NFB convention, but we are doing a game, and we're actually going to give away uh, <gasps> a, a Galaxy oh. at the convention. So that means wow. folks have to stop by now oh, and, my and try their. Yes, they do. <laughs> Yes. Great. Well, thank you all so much. And Dave, you want to give us that phone number and website one more time? Yes. It's 1-800-890-1180. That's the, our phone right to our customer service. And we have our website is nvisionamerica, envisionamerica.com. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much, Dave Raystrick and Amanda Tolan. For Main Menu, this has been Janine Stanley, along with... Jason Castonguay. Hi, everyone. This is Janine Stanley, live from the OK Corral, a.k.a. my desktop, yet again. And Jason Castonguay is at his desktop, yet again. Yes. And this time, instead of a smackdown, it's a showdown. That's right. <laughs> it's a gunfight. And we've got two competitors today that uh, luckily neither one of them will kill each other. However, you all asked for it and we're bringing it to you. How fast does the ID Mate boot up? Well, I have my ID Mate Quest and Jason has Talos. Yes, the ID Mate Galaxy. Ooh, the long, <laughs> slim, lean gunfighter. My guy's a little squatty, but hey, he gets the job done. Mm -hmm. So. On the count of three, we are going to press our on power buttons and we are going to wait until the devices say ID mode and give the little song. Okay. Ready? I am. Okay. On the count of three and press one, yes. two, three, press. Oh, there they go. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there's my motor. Ooh, yep. Mine stays quiet, and later the motor comes on. That's interesting. I did wait. Galaxy Quest. <gasps> Whoa! About the same. Thirty seven hundred percent. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Isn't it? Well, I guess what we heard in our interview was correct, that they are about the same in terms of booting up. Whoa. Well, mm -hmm. there you go, folks. As the smoke is clearing on the desktop, we return you to the rest of Main Menu. I had to admit, I had a lot of fun putting that final touch on the showdown for the ID mates. <laughs> fun stuff. We have a lot of great content planned, including a review of the B2G, an interview with Facebook, and an interview with the developers of Roger for iOS and Android. So keep listening every week. Main Menu is a program sponsored by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern, repeating every four hours until 5 p.m. Eastern Saturday. You can listen on the web at acbradio.org mainstream 
or using the ACB Link app for iOS. You can also just call in 605-475-8130. To send us feedback, email mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can find us on Twitter at Main Menu. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.